You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. All right, we're in a brand new series called Rest. Everybody say rest. Today, my message is called Restology, a study on rest. And then next week, you've got Pastor Emily and then Pastor Stuart the week after, so you're in for a treat. As we take the message, put it into practice, and go on holiday to Portugal on Friday, in Jesus' name, I'm kidding. All right, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. This is where we're hinging this series in, in these verses. Says this, says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest, this is God's rest, still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Verse 9 says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Restology, a study on rest. Think with me for a moment in your own life when it's been so busy, it's been overwhelming. All the plates have been spinning. It's felt busy, felt out of control. I used to work in what is, in my humble opinion, one of the best coffee shops in Chester. I'm not going to name them on the mic because they're not paying me to do so, so I'm not giving them a shout out. But it's nonetheless my personal favorite and one of the best. And one morning for work, I remember waking up and I had missed my alarm for work. Everybody say, ooh. I called my boss straight away. In fact, I was meant to start my shift right there, right then. And my boss said, it's busy, Lee. Like, you got to get into work ASAP. It's going crazy. So I threw on some clothes, barely brush my teeth, have a quick shower, jump in the car, park in one side of Chester, run across Chester as fast as I could, get into work. And let me tell you, it is packed. There's a queue the whole way out the door. There's plates on tables. People are crying. They've been waiting so long for their food. It is dramatic. And all the staff are looking at me saying, why were you late? This is your fault. It's busy. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. So you jump in head first. You're trying to manage the queue, serve people, bring the food out, manage the wait time, deliver the drinks, take the orders, the whole works. And I remember I jumped behind the till and I was doing the cakes at the time and the cakes definitely weren't my specialty. One lady asks me, she says, is this brownie gluten-free? Now, in the heat of the moment, church, everything busy, overwhelming, I couldn't think straight. I couldn't remember what they had taught me about which cakes were what. And I said, yes, it's gluten-free. And she says, great, this brownie's gluten-free, awesome, fantastic. And she walks away with her brownie. To the horror of my colleague who's on the drinks beside me, who looks me in the eyes, white as a ghost, and says, that is not gluten-free. 
and I've never seen anyone move so fast in my life as my colleague down tills and ran across the cafe as fast as she could as this lady had the fork in her hand and was bringing the brownie to her mouth. My colleague literally slapped the brownie out of her hand and said, that's not gluten-free. And she said, oh, that's fine. It was just a preference. You're kidding me, right? Kidding me. But praise God, she didn't eat that brownie. I would have lost my job. You've had those moments too, haven't you? When life has been so busy, it's been overwhelming. It's been the times where you've been driving in the car, you're trying to get somewhere, but you've forgotten to fill up with fuel and you try and take as far as you can and then the car runs out of fuel or you've packed everything to go on holiday, you're ready, then you get to the airport and you realize you've forgotten your passport. All of us have had those moments, haven't we? Where we've been so busy, we've been overwhelmed. We today exist in a culture of 2022 where it's busy. It's fast-paced. There's noise. 24-7 news cycles. So many ducks in our lives that are quacking for bread. Things to do, work to be done, priorities, noise, busyness that is happening all around us. In fact, Forbes says it like this, says culture has made busy a status symbol. In fact, for us today, Audacious Church, we have an unhealthy obsession with busy. Busy tells us we're needed. Someone prioritizes us. Busy fills our life. But we can't afford to live in a perpetual state of busyness because if we do, we'll live in a relentless state of restlessness. And the real danger for us today is we can allow busyness to become our value. And if we do, we'll be permanently restless, fatigued, weak, distracted, always on the back foot playing catch up, whereas God has not intended us to live as people that are catching up, that are operating from weakness, but God has called you and I to be agents who operate from strength and who operate from rest. You've got to know this about rest, is rest is God designed. The Bible says this, Genesis 2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from the work of creating that he had done. So rest is God designed. Rest is then God commanded. Exodus says this, remember the the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh, it's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So rest is God designed, rest is God commanded, and rest is reinforced by Jesus. Mark 2.27, Jesus says himself, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. See, rest is God's idea, and it must become our reality. I want to suggest three things today, three reasons why you should rest. Are you ready? First thing is rest is the antidote to busy. Rest is the antidote to busy. Psalm 116 verse 7, David says this to his soul, says, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. 
Wonder when your first time, your first experience of fight or flight was. For me, I was 10 years old and I was up at my great Aunt Mary's house who lived on a farm. Now, as a 10-year-old and a brother who was seven, we got up to a lot of mischief, let me tell you. The rule was, don't jump the gate and go into the fields where the sheep were and the cows were. But as a 10-year-old up to his own devices, much encouraged by his younger brother, we went into the field with the sheep and with the cows. Now, as a 10-year-old, I seen the sheep, and I wanted to give it a little bit of a, a pet, but it ran away. And I thought, brilliant, if I chase the sheep, they're going to run. This is great fun. So I chased one of the sheep. It got its mates. Then I chased them. Suddenly, I felt like a shepherd. I was herding the sheep, and I kept chasing the sheep until this moment where they got into a corner in the fields. And as I ran towards the sheep in the corner, the sheep turned around, faced me, and lunged at me like that. And I thought in that moment, fight or flight, me versus 15 sheep, not a chance. I am out of here. Flight it was. And as I turned and ran towards the gate, which I jumped illegally, the sheep had a great idea where they thought, let's chase him. So I came running down the field, hands flailing in the air, screaming as I'm getting chased by all these sheep. I jumped the fence and lived to tell the tale. That was my first experience of fight or flight. And for us today, what happens in the busyness of 2022 in culture, we are regularly exposed to fight or flight many times a day. And David here in the Psalms is writing to return to your rest, O my soul, because he has been in a season of fight or flight. He was being pursued by Saul. He was hiding in a cave. He was running around the mountains. He was hiding in village to town to city to escape those that were pursuing him and trying to take his life. He was in fight or flight mode for a season. And then David says to his soul, return to your rest. In other words, the fight or flight was for a season and he wasn't meant to take up his permanent residence there. But in our world of busyness, stress, and intensity, this invokes a fight or flight response in us many times a day. And this in turn develops into chronic stress, which then suppresses our immune system and increases the risk of disease. You can end up living in a semi-permanent state of fight or flight. And then in our world, to deal with the busyness, intensity, and stress of life, we then use stimulants. Oh, just a cup of coffee and I'll be fine. We turn to alcohol, turn to drugs. We turn to working more. If I just work harder and longer hours, work on the weekends, it'll be fine. But this then becomes a vicious downward spiral and cycle. We try to manage the stress with crutches, but we find out quickly that the crutches can't hold under the weight of the intensity. And then the stimulants become the stack of cards lying on the table that we thought were propping us up. Stimulants won't recuperate. They'll only accelerate the venom of chronic stress. And the antidote for us to that venom that society wants to give us is rest. Psalm 116 verse 7. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. David doesn't instruct his soul to find rest to discover rest. He instructs his soul to return to rest 
because rest is the disposition from which we operate as Christians. We don't operate from anxiety, from stress, from fatigue, from trying to work hard to earn it. We operate from a position called rest. Every great operation, feat, and assignment for God has been birthed in a healthy, strong place called rest. And David understands that in order to step into his next season as king of Israel, he's got to do it from a healthy place called rest. Rest, it isn't just a moment, a once-off at the weekend where he ticks the box, but he's got to operate and live in a rhythm called rest because then he'll be strong. Then he'll be great in God. Then he won't be weak. He'll be refreshed. He'll be able to hear God's voice and activate God's voice if he operates from a position called rest. Let me tell you what a lack of rest does in your brain. Your attention span reduces, can't concentrate, performance lowers, you're not really there, your memory decreases, your ability to absorb new information drops, and your recall drops. Your brain is less functional when it's fatigued. You're always more productive after a restful period. One reason why Mondays are often filled with high importance meetings and tasks is because you're better having been operating from a period of rest. Here's a couple of quick wins to implement rest in your life. Firstly, take time off. Take time off. Will allow you to work more efficiently when you're back. Second thing is set aside once a day, couple of times a day, regularly scheduled breaks. Don't work your lunchtime, but allow there to be spots and spaces in the day where you're resting. Set aside one day a week. We call this the Sabbath, a day where you're plugged in, not to things, not to busyness, not to work, not to the raging voices of life, but you're plugged in to God. When you get home in the evening, switch your phone off. That will literally be revolutionary for some of you guys in here. I started doing that at home. When I get in from the day, switch my phone off. I'm no longer caught up in the doom scroll of social media and the news cycle. In fact, I'm, my brain's free, it's recuperating, it's resting. We all know that when we sit on an evening and watch copious amounts of shows, Netflix, phones in hand, we feel worse than when we started. We think we're resting, but our brains engage the whole time, producing stress hormones, overthinking, and we're not resting. Rest today is the antidote to busy. The second thing we all need to do in order to rest, and we need to do to rest, is we don't worship work. We worship the way. We don't worship work. We worship the way. Exodus says this, one of the Ten Commandments, says, you shall have no other gods before me. The Ten Commandments were given to Moses after a period and season of, I think, 430 years under the oppression of the Egyptians. The Israelites were slave, slaves, and they were forced to work literally to death. The pharaohs of the time were the modern-day gods back then, and they were relentless. They were insatiable for work. It was all about work. No days off, no margin, just work harder and work longer. In fact, this is what the king of Egypt says in Exodus 5. He says to Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous and you're stopping them from working. Work was the, the God. But then the God of rest 
breaks Israel out of the system of work and breaks the yoke of work from around their necks. And suddenly, they're instructed in the Bible in Exodus 20 to take a Sabbath day. They're in, the instruction is from a God who rests to a people and a society that have never known what it looks like to rest. They've never experienced rest in their lives. And God gives them a Sabbath in order that they would rest and honor Him. And today in culture, we still serve the same God called work, where work is the priority, work's the focus. We think if we just work longer, harder, then we'll be able to achieve more. And in doing so, we'll earn more money and have more stuff, and the stuff will make us feel happier. But as we all know, it's just a cycle of collection that never fills us on the inside, but just depletes us of who we are. And God is saying to a people group, thousands of years ago, come out of the oppression of work and come under the blessing and anointing of heaven that when you take a day off, you can trust that even though while you're resting, God is working on your behalf. God is doing what only he can do. But what happens is when we take off the yoke of work, we enter into God's rest and suddenly we discover what it feels like to be under the blessing, the benefits of a God who, yes, we should work hard for. He's given us all assignments, but he is calling us to rest and abide with him. You weren't created to worship work. You were created to worship the way. The first Christians were followers of the way. And rest is powerful because it identifies the idols in our lives. Rest puts our priorities in order. It suddenly reveals what's under the microscope and reveals our priorities and what's within. Because we wouldn't say it publicly, but the way we live sometimes on the inside is that we prioritize the God of work and then bring the God of rest into place second, thinking that we can outdo God. When God says, ah, if you prioritize me, you put me first, you create space and margin for me in your life. Watch what I can do that you can't. We could work three lifetimes and God in a moment could do only what he could do that we couldn't do in three lifetimes of work. God today, church, is calling us not to be people in 2022 that worship the gods of our workplace, but honor and worship the God of the way. God is your boss, and he has released the rota this week, which says you've got a day off. God has given you margin in the week. It's called a break. And when you get it, don't just fill the space with more stuff. Fill it with God. And I bet everything you do following rest will be more productive, beneficial. You'll feel more rested, more holistic, and watch how it will change and shape your mental health if you just create space to rest. The third thing we all need to do to find rest, to understand, is that rest is the promise. Rest is the promise. We all know the power of somebody keeping to their word and honoring a promise. It's easy to remember the times, isn't it, when somebody's broken a promise and we've been let down. But there's something special, powerful about someone that keeps their promise. I remember my granny Eileen, when I was graduating, says to me, she said, I'm going to fly over from Portugal and come to your graduation. And she wasn't well at the time. She wasn't doing great. And I said, granny, look, 
I think it's just better if you stay in Portugal. You know, I'll graduate. We'll send you a photo. It'll be awesome. No pressure. She goes, no, no, Lee, I promise I'll be there. And I held it lightly. I said, Nan, seriously, don't worry about it. If you are brilliant, if you're not, then I still love you. It's all good. And I remember being in the hall filled with people on graduation day. A special, really special moment for me and for my family. And I was up at the front. We had all, you know, the suits on, the ties, and we had the gowns on. We didn't have to wear the hats, praise God. Not a massive fan of the hats, although we missed that moment where you throw them up in the air, but nonetheless. And I remember when our row was called, I stood up and looked to the back, right at the very back where my family were, and there was my gran all the way from Portugal at my graduation. And I got up on the stage, and there's that, like, rule they say at the start that barely anybody follows. It says, look, you've just got to clap at the end of the row. You know, when the whole row's gone, then we'll all clap together. So there's not an endless cycle of round of applause. But as I got up on stage and went to get my, what was it, diploma? What do you get, a diploma? Whatever. I don't even know where it is now. It's somewhere. To receive that piece of paper that says, great job for three years. And uh, shook the hand, looked around, and there my nan was, giving it everything, all the eyes on her. I'm like, oh gosh. Yeah, people, that's my grand. Sorry, not sorry. But she kept a promise. Special. Unrest for us is the promise. Here's what the Bible says in Exodus 31, verse 16 to 17. It says, the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant as a lasting promise. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, catch this, he rested and he was refreshed. The Sabbath was given to Israel as a covenant sign that every time the Sabbath came around, they would down tools, pause, spend it with family, spend it with God, spend it resting. And generation after generation would retell the story of when back in Egypt, the God of rest set them free from the God of striving and the God of work. They look back and say, yeah, once we were under oppression, we worked all the time, but then God set us free. And now we experience true rest with him. Generation after generation told each other of the promise. And for us today, we don't follow the Old Testament in its Mosaic covenant as law. But Jesus, as we read at the start, has given us his space, his Sabbath, to rest. We don't remember the time he set us free from Egypt, but what we do remember is the time that he set us free. I used to live chasing the way of the world, the gods of work, the idols, the money, the ambition, all the stuff to fill the gap in my life but then Jesus set me free. So now I no longer worship the gods of work. I worship the God of heaven. And rest for us is the promise of what's been, thankfulness for what he's done. And rest is the reminder of the promise of what's to come. It's not called eternal striving. It's called eternal rest. And the God of rest is inviting us in and ushering us to understand what heaven will be like here on earth. He brings heaven to earth, what is divine to our human experience. And if all we do is work, 
we'll miss out on the fact God has called us to rest with Him. Rest is the promise. Challenge us all today to create space to rest, true rest, rest with God. Rest that doesn't fill every space with work, with task, with appointment, with things to do. Thinking of it is a waste of time if we don't. While you're resting, God's working. God can do more in a moment of your rest than He can do in a lifetime of your work. And perhaps the breakthrough today in your workplace, in your family, isn't you working harder, isn't you chasing down more leads for your work, finding more clients, but understanding that on the Sabbath day, we are called to rest. And watch what God will do. He'll do only what He can do as we lean into the power of rest and get in the slingshot so that come the next day, we'll be fired up, we'll be ready, we'll be better, we'll be stronger, we'll be moving the kingdom of God forward wherever we go. We won't be operating from fatigue and weakness, but we'll be operating from strength. Some of you think rest is weakness. I don't need to rest. I've got this. Yeah, you do. You're human. You're human and that's okay. Could you do more? Working more? Maybe. You maybe could. But is it worth forfeiting your soul on that altar? My God says, come to me in Matthew 11, 28, all who are weary and heavy with burdens and I will give you rest. When was the last time you rested? When was the last time you took a day off? When was the last time you didn't fill your day with stuff, but created space for God? Don't live your whole life working 70, 80 hour weeks so that one day you'll get to retirement because you'll be good for nobody then. You'll lose who you are on the way. God is inviting you to invite Him back into your world. Create space for God again, and He'll do only what He can do. We don't have time to talk about the miracles of when God's came through, when only He could come through. Sometimes the best thing to do is take the foot off the gas, off the accelerator, and take a moment to rest. So right now, we're gonna create a moment. Lots you're thinking about, Lots going on, anxieties, worries, family, business, work, health, conditions, what will be, will it not? Right now, I create a moment for the God of rest. Right across this place, why don't you jump to your feet? Close your eyes and just create space. Create space for God to speak to you. Our world would be so much stronger, vibrant. Our lives would be flourishing with color if we didn't serve the gods of work, but serve the God of rest. So just right now, take a moment. Reach up your hands to heaven. Close your eyes and create space. Everybody breathe in. promises are he's with you he'll never forsake you he'll never leave you he's alongside you what you need he's got in the palms of his hands and he's ready to release it to his children that he loves 
this is an act of faith. This isn't drawing back, this is moving forward. Ask God what it looks like to create space for rest. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 